comedians. Follow us on Twitter at Let's Be Frank Show. And if you miss our live broadcast on Comedy Slam Radio, find us on Stitcher Radio, Podomatic, and iTunes at Let's Be Frank's Podcast. Keep laughing, my friends. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Let's Be Frank show with your host, Dave Frank. And tonight, we got a couple of great comedians calling in, but very first comedian is Veronica Mosey. Veronica, how are you tonight? How are you doing? Good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you. How's the weather up in New York? It's good. It's uh, rain. It was rainy today, so it wasn't too, uh, wasn't too eventful, but uh, now all the beautiful white snow has turned to muddy, yucky slush that people dare each other to eat. So I suppose that's more fun. At least it's not yellow snow. This is true. You get, you know, if it's all yucky, you know, you don't know what flavor you're going to get. Could be something that's interesting. Very true. <laughs> that's true. And especially on the New York City streets, you got, you know, everything from bums to, you know, street walkers and crackheads. You can get some real good flavors or catch a buzz. They keep them in certain areas, though, so that's nice. <laughs> that's what the nice part is. You don't want to have them. They don't, those riffraff don't walk around in, um, you know, Park Slope or Prospect Heights, where the word Heights basically just means more white people, essentially. So <laughs> they, keep, they keep the riffraff out in the snow. stays pretty, particularly crystally there for some reason. <laughs> so that's awesome. <laughs> So, Veronica, tell us a little bit. I always like to hear from people about, uh, you know, why they originally decided to get into comedy. Hmm. Uh, well, I, you know, I was always a funny kid. and uh, I grew up in a house where my parents uh, were, you know, it was typical dysfunctional American family where everybody's fighting and blah, blah, blah. And a lot of times the way we, I mean, it sounds sad, but it's not sad because it ends up leading you into who you are. And my parents are still happily fighting after 53 years, so not too bad. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was always a, a funny kid. I think I sort of escaped that atmosphere with humor. My, my brothers also are very funny guys. I have two brothers. And so we all just sort of grew up with this odd sense of humor and kind of a dark sense of humor. And uh, I would say that stemmed from the childhood. And I ended up, you know, in high school, I was a lot, uh, anybody who knows what I look like now, uh, I was not always uh, thin. I was always uh, I was a very chunky girl. Got made fun of in high school a lot, and that was a tough experience for me. So I started doing plays in order to kind of come out a little more and be more who I was, who I wanted to be as an artist. And then I ended up majoring in theater in college. Theater, by the way, was spelled with an E R E at the end and not E R, which meant it was an additional fifteen thousand dollars a year. <laughs> but um, <laughs> still, still means that you're going to be, you know, studying waitressing 101. But um, so did that for you know college time. Came to New York and then tried to do musicals, and it was very, very difficult. So I decided to pursue stand-up. I've had people tell me for years. I mean, I'm sure a lot of most comics that come on will say that. Is that true? Do they ask that if they? A, a lot of people it, tell me that yes, that they've always been funny. But um, I or that a lot, their friends would say you should go into stand-up. That the yes, a lot of them, you know, it's it's more like a bet. Like you should go on uh, an open mic night and just see what happens, and it goes better than they first thought. Mm-hmm. And then I get a lot of people who tell me they've always thought about it, and eventually, you know, they just got the the hair up their ass to actually go out and try it. 
Uh, you know, there's been a whole mixture. There's been a lot of people who came from, you know, acting or doing uh, that were great with um, great with voices. Uh, right. I had a comedian, uh, Robert Burton, and that voices got him into the fact that he can make people laugh with it. So it, it comes from all over, and it's funny because I do some comedy, but, but I don't. I don't remember being a super funny kid. I really think mm-hmm. that I got my sarcastic, uh, self-deprecating humor as I got fatter and got into my 30s. You know, I don't know if I've seen you in uh, person. I've heard you, but how fat are you? I I'm huge. I'm like a 350-plus short, fat Jewish guy from New York. You should go on The Biggest Loser. My, you know, I, I have a day job, and I don't normally talk about it. And that day job is a huge sponsor, but it also comes with a great paycheck. So they won't sponsor me or keep my job if I were to decide to go on that program. Oh, man. Right. Now, they it's. They sponsor you on the show. You'd be the first biggest loser guy sponsored by a brand. That'd it's, be awesome. That would be great. Um, but it would never sponsored happen. By Schlitz. I don't know. Something. <laughs> uh... <laughs> it's huge. It's in like a top 20 company, Fortune. T- 20 company in the in the country so all right i get uh, it i get it no pushing i won't push you no that's good you can do the julian michaels tapes at home though <laughs> well i used to actually be significantly thinner uh i was mm-hmm. i was about 240 at my best and uh i had a great 56 inch chest like a 38 40 waist i was mm-hmm. like 14 percent body fat and then i got depressed and double cheeseburgers went on sale at mcdonald's for a dollar mm-hmm. And it was just all downhill. And, you know, I fight back. And then I actually recently decided to almost, I pretty much only eat uh, raw vegetables and uh, protein. I stopped eating out pretty much. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I've seen a a nice little chunk of weight come off in the last couple of weeks. But I go up and down. I'm just a depressed, fat, comic bastard. Just happens. (laughs) (laughs) You know, well, a lot of those guys, a lot of those guys end up making it really big, so I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, for right now, I'm I not worried. Lisa Lampanelli, you know, I saw Lisa Lampanelli at a holiday party last week. She had lost what? She lost 130 pounds. Uh, that's what I heard. I heard she. I heard she lost a lot of weight. How's she look? She looks good. I mean, she just she. Uh, unfortunately, she just looks like the average person now. So when you see her, you don't notice her as much. And in fact, she was saying. That uh, and I love Lisa. I think she's brilliant. She but uh, she was talking about how she can't um, she can't get away with um, no no now she can get away with not tipping. She, she's like <laughs> I can totally get away with not tipping or tipping less than I always did because people don't know who I am. But then when I show up for gigs, they're like, "Who are you? Are you on the list?" And she's like, "I'm actually doing the show." Right, and she's probably had to change some of her material because she used to talk about being a big she, girl. That's right. Yeah, talked about it a lot. So that's pretty interesting to, to go to go that route. You know. Yeah, because I know my first nine or ten minutes of comedy is about fat stuff. It's just fat guy jokes. It's just that's right. what it was. And, you know, I'm I'm about two and a half years into comedy. So I have a good nine minutes on that, and I have maybe five to seven minutes of other material. So I'm, I'm, a, wor- I'm a slow work in progress. Yeah, well, that's why I don't become a black man, because making <laughs> jokes like that are going to be very difficult. Yes. I mean, I have to change my whole set when I do that. You know what I mean? So it's going to take me some time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because I, I was reading on your, and I, I don't have it up because my little tablet will not allow me to pull up the uh, the resume part on your website. 
But uh, on the bottom of your resume, it says something about how uh, you you could portray a man. I do voices. I do a lot of characters. So you have a good male voice. Yeah, typically. Like, I basically sound like a drag queen. I mean, (laughs) I actually talked to someone like this for about a half an hour at a gay pride parade. I was basically, let me tell you the story. I was there to support some friends of mine, you know, to be like, yay, gays. And I was wearing these platform shoes, and my lesbo friend says to me, you look like a big drag queen. So I was just like, you think so, really? Do you think I'd get away with this? And then I just started <laughs> talking like this, and I was convincing people. I had this one guy convinced I was a post-op transsexual, and he actually said to me, first he asked me if I wanted to do blow, and second he said, uh, are you gay or straight? And I had <laughs> no idea how to answer that question. <laughs> I said, honey, I'll take whatever comes my way. I'm not even, I don't even care. Seriously. <laughs> that is great. It is a good yeah, voice, I like, too. I like doing a lot of mimics. Mimicking and vo- voicing is, is fun to me. I think it's uh, very interesting how people speak in their lives, you know? Absolutely. And I'm sure you probably started, I'm going to assume, being able to do voices pretty young. Yeah. I mean, I remember I used to. I, used to, I can't do them very well now. But when I was a kid, I think when I was about eight, I totally rocked out Paul Lind. Like I was just, <laughs> you know, you know, because when he played Templeton in um, Charlotte's Web, I'm totally dating myself, by the way, right now, guys. I am 40, 29 years old. Oh. Uh, but, I, I am 40 and 40. It's pitiful. Yeah. I hate it. That's okay. It's all right. <laughs> it happens to all of us. Um, yep. But yeah, I used to try to talk like Paul Lind and get that, you know, it was, it was silly. I can't do it. But uh, but I think since I was little, I always loved all those. Nobody wants to play with a Charlie in the box. Yeah, it's funny because I never I don't think I ever really did voices. I try, you know, I drew uh, we made up silly rap songs when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And then we went out and break danced. I was the little fat white kid with a piece of linoleum. And I have yeah, my, my, my brothers did that, too. I have my buddy Isaac battle with me. We walk around the streets, and that was it. On the streets of where? Uh, in Orange County, New York. It, it was nowhere oh, near the yeah. city. That's where Middletown is. Back when we were there, there was like uh, trees, apple farms, and a bunch of houses. Yeah, the streets. I get it. <laughs> hey, they were paved. It was a street. But thanks for just it not. Was a street. <laughs> Thanks for taking out all my New York cred. No problem. No, 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 no. You still have cred. Don't worry about it. I'm hey, sure if you, you probably know the best apple masher ever <laughs> and, and an incredible maple syrup farm. I have no doubt. Absolutely. That you're hooked up, son. You know, what's, you know what we got up there? And it's in the Brotherhood Winery. Yeah. Now that's a place to go for some New York wine. They, they make some good wine. Mm-hmm. We go for some taste taste test right there. That's a good place. Other than so that, it's boring. Uh, no, that's in uh, it's in Orange County. I think it's down in Warwick. Now okay. we're also famous up in Orange County for the Orange County Chopper guys. They from they're from up there. Everybody oh, thinks different. I didn't know. I just, oh, cool. Everybody thinks they're from California. That's right, because Orange County is yep. yeah. They're, they're ah. from the they're from the original Orange County, Orange County, New York. That is cool. Absolutely. I mean, I've never met any like of them, but much. it's cool. <laughs> Maybe they'll do your show sometime. Maybe my actually their show just came to an end, and it's funny because my father has bumped into both of Paul Senior and Paul Junior uh, in Montgomery, which is a town that he travels to all the time. And he basically says when he, if he bumps into Paul Senior, he's kind of a jerk, 
and Paul Jr. is the nicest guy in the world. So that's funny. It's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes I mean, all that stuff set up reality TV, and it's so it's so. It's just it's funny how people actually think it's real. That's what kills me about it. You know, people right. they I, watch it and think that when the person answers the door, that they actually had no clue that the move that bus guy was coming. <laughs> How does he think that? There's somebody in the house filming the person opening the door. So it's like you, you don't think for two seconds. Why is there, unless there's just always a cameraman in the person's house. Absolutely. They they they, Very. they tapped into the camera on the pervert's computer. Yeah. So they filmed exactly it. Exactly it. Oh, man, do you watch To Catch a Predator? I still watch reruns. I love that uh, show. It, it's a crazy six. The only thing better than watching uh, to catch a predator is to watch it when they get the second got the same guy to come on a second time. They catch him a uh-huh. second time. That uh-huh. it's it's the craziest thing in the world. Yeah, I love it. It's funny. When I, let me ask you a question: Can I curse in your show or no? Yeah, it's That's, it's internet it radio. Doesn't... You can go at it however you want. I tell people I just want to make sure I don't say the wrong thing. But look, I, I got into an argument with a friend of mine uh, because he was talking about. I just think the show is really lousy because they set the guys up and I'm like, right, but he's there to fuck a kid. So what, how do you not see that this is something that's good for society? You know what I mean? It's yes. like, should we actually wait for him to do that and then see what happens? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's entrapment. Yes, absolutely. It's entrapment. But the guy drove 600 miles and stopped on his way down to buy a pink iPod and a vibrator <laughs> for like a 12 year old. I don't have a problem with them, them setting them up. I really don't. I Neither don't do I. Because you know what's funny? And, and it doesn't matter. I've been, you know, now there's Facebook and everything, but I'm a single guy. Ten years ago, there was chat rooms. You went in the chat room, all of a sudden you're talking to people, and you think about it, and you're like, well, how old are you? Right. And I get people to tell me they're 15 and 16, and I'm like, listen, I don't think I should be talking to you. And they're like, it's okay. And then a half an hour later, you decide to hang up. <laughs> no, no, but like it's okay. We could talk, and I'm like, no, you shouldn't be talking to a 30 year old person or a 28 year old person. Why don't you go talk to some 16 year olds mm-hmm. and you hop off? But I mean, well, it's I, funny because we were we were watching and and uh, you know, my husband were watching together, and he hadn't seen it before. He's from Australia, so he hadn't seen it before. So he was saying, you know, I can't believe these guys are like some of them are like decent looking guys, like they're married, they're you know, because it's true. As we grow up, we all think that there's a certain perception of what a pedophile looks like. And they could be anybody. Right. You know, it's amazing. I grew up Pretty thinking deep. they look like priests. That's true. Lots of them do. <laughs> yep. I was like, yeah, I'm glad I'm Jewish. Rabbis don't do nothing. We, well, the, the worst part is when you feel bad for them. You sort of go through this little metamorphosis in your mind where you're like, oh, man, that guy's going to get caught. That sucks. Or the guy gets caught. And you're like, oh, that sucks. And you're like, no, 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 wait, no, he's there, he's there to fucking kid, he's there to fucking kid. Like, don't feel bad for him. Absolutely not. They deserve everything they get. It, it was they fun. Do. It was. It, it's kind of funny that you say that because when you say kids and not that aspect of them, but I was watching you on, I think it was Doctor Phil, and you mm. you were having the uh, the debate with a lady about the fact that you know they should keep their kids quiet and stop them from harassing other people around them. And how did that whole thing come about with you getting on Dr. Phil with that? Because I basically wrote a, a letter into the show saying, look, I'm a stand-up comic who covers parents and kids all the time. I know you guys talk about it a lot. Here are some bullet points that I really strongly believe in. You know, I listed blah, 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 all this stuff. 
and the show called me, and they had me on to debate this woman. I actually felt bad for her, to be honest with you, to give you the inside scoop, because what they did was on the show, you have people who are field producers who will, you know, meet the person. That's when you see all that little, that extra outside footage where they show the woman out in the park with her kids or wherever, and the kids are all being brats. But she turned to me during a commercial break and said, I look like the worst mother in the world. They, they had us in that parking lot for six hours. And our kids, Ouch. my kids didn't have anything to drink, nothing to eat. They just were, and they did, I mean, they do it on purpose, these shows, you know, I, right. I really, really felt bad for her. But at the same time, though, she also, in my, but see, I don't know, I always have this debate with people, but I, I'm in the business, I understand, and this, everybody should know this. If you do a reality show, and there's something you don't want to do, you don't have to do it. They they make you think you do because it's like when you go to a doctor and you think the doctor is like some sort of huge figure, God figure or whatever, and that you have to do it. You don't have to do anything. So if they say to you, hey, listen, we want you to go yell at that person and blah, 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 don't do it. And then get on TV and say, oh, well, I can't believe how bad I looked. It's like, well, you, you said yes to this. You don't have to say yes to anything. So on one hand, I felt bad. On the other hand, I was like, well, if you really felt strongly about it, then you should have said, hey, this is bullshit. And I'm taking my kids out of this atmosphere. I don't want them to be here anymore. So, you know, but it was uh, it was definitely a debate that I think I won in that aspect because I just feel so strongly about, you know, kids, kids, you have to decide, I think, as a parent, do you want your kid to be an asshole or do you want them to be awesome? That's your choice. Right. You make that choice and you figure it out from the time your kid, little kids, you know, please and thank you immediately. If they're bad, you got to punish them. If they're, you know, if they don't do the right thing, they have consequences. But nowadays, and I don't know if this is just because I am 40 or because you know, this is the way people get, have gone through history with this, because I think there's some quote by Aristotle about kids being unruly and whatever. But I certainly would never have sassed my parents back the way no. <laughs> I watch kids sass their parents back. It just wouldn't have happened. And they wouldn't have hit me. They wouldn't have hit me. I mean, I do jokes about it. We got spankings and stuff. But they just gave us a look. You remember the look? Absolutely. I remember the sound. My father would come up the hallway snapping a belt. Oh, I'd... yeah. And sometimes, and he didn't even have to hit you with the belt. No, that was enough it. to make me fear for my life. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's amazing to me, but I agree with you because I do deal with the public all the time. And I see just a vast difference in people. You see people that have 100% reasonable control over their kids where if they say, hey, go sit down over there on the bench, the adults are talking, whether it's over business or they just run into friends in the mall, those kids are good. And the other ones just, if they're on the, I don't know, I think sometimes their, their parents feed them cocaine or let them snort sugar directly up the nose. Ooh. Oh, man. I'm it, it's you, just, much, they're wild. Too much, sugar, too much sugar and whatever. I mean, we grew up with the whole thing of you're going to sit there and eat that. Now, I, I'm not a fan of forcing a kid to uh, to vomit while they're eating. Like, I think if they can't stomach it, you shouldn't make them eat it. But that's what my parents right. did. My parents would say, you're going to sit and eat that bowl of peas for however long it takes you. And then if I didn't want to eat, my mom would say, fine, go upstairs. Then when I came downstairs and said I was hungry, she'd take that bowl of peas out, put them right in front of me, and it was it was like torture. But at the same time, I learned a lot of things. I learned respect for authority. I learned to be polite. Uh you know, when I went to other people's houses and eat the crap that they cook, you know, it's like, uh, but I have, you know, friends whose 
kids will not eat anything except for chicken fingers and french fries. That's it. Absolutely. But you got to just tell them. I mean, they only eat chicken fingers because you gave it to them. If you gave it to them the first time and said, you know, you get them again in a month, that's a treat. If you don't eat these things, they're not going to not eat. They are going to eat. That's right. That's right. And and I had this girl on Facebook say something back to me, you know, about it's it's not as easy as you think it is. I'm like, no, it it really is because you're bigger than they are. Like, that's (laughs) really what it comes down to. If a kid... And you have to use mind control and and manipulation and all that classic parental tricks that are lost. Like, if you want to eat a cookie and have hot chocolate, you can. You can have it as soon as you're done eating a couple things of broccoli and some whatever it is. And the kid's going to bitch, he's going to whine, he's going to moan and whatever, but you don't cave. Because if you cave, they learn they can't trust you. Right? They don't trust your word. So, you know. Uh, it's, I don't know. I just think people are, there, it's so stupid. I saw this article the other day. It said, uh, there's a, a school now it's called, it's not called pre-kindergarten, which I think it used to be pre-K. It's now called kindergarten one. And, uh, every single teacher in the program has to have a master's degree. And what I find funny about that is the fact that a kid who's four is not going to pick up, like, thoracic surgery. You know what I mean? That's just not because he has a great teacher. The best he can do is learn how to say duty head better than another kid. You know what I mean? Or to stack blocks or whatever. There's nothing. The, the four-year-old brain can only advance so much. So this concept of, like, all of your teachers have to have a master's degree in, in you know, childhood education, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's It's mind-blowing to me the whole way that kids are these days, the way they're raised, the way their parents are. It's, I just don't, the only thing that I can understand that I can kind of see is all these kids, a lot of them were raised by parents who got kids right away. Uh, A lot of parents now are two people working. There's barely anybody home. But in my opinion, you got to make a conscious decision to say, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to want to work. You know, whether it's the husband, the wife, somebody has got to stay there. I think that's one of the Mm -hmm. key things is, you know, I remember my mom didn't even go to work until we were, I think everybody was into school the majority of the day, but she right. was still home by the time we got home. Uh, mm-hmm. And then it wasn't until I think we were all in upper middle school and high school that she was out of the house full time. And then we all had right. our own part-time jobs and stuff, but it was, I don't know, it was just different. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little torn on that because people, I think the thing is the kids need to feel nurtured, that's it, period. Um, and you're right, they need to spend time with people. You can't spend time with a nanny for 14 hours a day and expect the kid to do what you want to do. You know what I mean? The Absolutely. kid's going to pick up an, a Trinidadian accent, and, you know, it's like <laughs> there's going to be no, they're going to think their mom is, is somebody else. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, so let me ask you. Mm. Getting off the topic of the crazy kids for a second. Sure. Um, where, I mean, aside from doing comedy with, uh, like we just said, getting on with Dr. Phil, you've done everything from, you've been on Comedy Central, The Tonight Show. Before these TV things started happening to you, how long and how much time had you put in, you know, going from open to mics and becoming a feature act? How long did it take before your first TV spots started happening for you? I uh, want, I, let me see here, I went, uh, I came to New York in 
six and a half, I think. Uh, uh, graduated college in '95, so then I yeah came here around '96, '97, and uh, started doing open mics and things. And then I remember uh, I passed at the comic strip, um, which was really hard because this guy Lucian was the booker there, and he was a real scary guy. He was really particular about who he worked with, and um, so. Uh, he passed me. That was my first official pass. I ended up getting, you know, a spot on like a Tuesday night. I was actually paid, I think it was twenty dollars, um, or fifteen maybe. And then I just got a reputation as somebody who was good. Once I passed at the strip, and everybody knew how hard that was to do, then I auditioned for another club, got passed there, and it just went on like that. And then I started, you know, uh, I got passed the Comedy Cellar about five years ago, and you know, you're working with a little more people who have a lot of uh, credits and things and started working with those guys. So everything just kind of propels you forward. You know, everybody always says, what do I do? You know, how can I make it? Or what, what, you know, tell me how to, to get to where you're at. Uh, and it's frankly, I'm still working to get to where I'd like to be, but you know, I think it's just a matter of being good. You have to just be funny and gauge that by whether or not the room is laughing. If they're not laughing, you're not doing your job. And it's, really that simple absolutely uh when i first started doing comedy i was about five months into it and i had only gone to one or two different open mics and they never had a lot of people maybe 10 or 15 at the max and most of them comedians uh so there's a great club here uh called side splitters in the tampa area and they had you know just an uh you know basically an open micer contest and although it was kind of a bring me and you you know you had to pay and all that but you figure there's a hundred people in the audience or more. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going just to see if I could be up in front of a hundred people and still have that little bit of testicular fortitude to do five or six Absolutely. minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I didn't win the contest, but you know, the room laughed, you know, almost everything went over and I was like, all right, I, I guess I should continue to put a little bit of work into it. Cause you know, I'm comfortable in front of a bunch of people now and, you know, I, it's funny. I actually did a, one of my biggest shows again last week. It was a charity event for uh, Alzheimer's, and I think it was around four to five hundred people this year. And last year there was like almost six hundred. So I went from you know not being sure about myself being in front of ten or fifteen people to feeling comfortable in front of hundreds. And it's a phenomenal feeling to think just even if I only got that out of comedy, my, my ability to speak in front of people and never have that fear uh, is awesome. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is not being afraid. I mean, you have to worry that you're doing the right thing. You know, you have to worry that you're that you're communicating clearly to people so they get the joke. But as for worrying about who I who you should be, you most people try they find their voice by the time like 7 8 years hit. That's what I believe. Is generally around 7 years is when all of a sudden you hit that moment where you go, "Wow, I really know what I'm doing, and I know what I'm saying, and I know who I am. And the people who don't are the ones who continuously stay with open mics, and they never get anywhere. It's like you, if you're still doing open mics after seven years, there's a problem. There's something's wrong. You know, you're not relatable, or you're not. You don't work hard enough. There's right. something, something amiss there. But I now know I, it's young. Oh, sorry. Do you have to go? No, no, no. I was going to say I actually. And and I know you've been around for a while. I have a lot of people uh, like Bobby Collins, uh, Tom Driesen. They tell me even though they've been away from it, they they find once a month or once in a while. You know, I think Bobby Collins at least once a month goes 
to certain open mics just to try out new stuff or to hang out with the young guys. And yeah. uh, so but Bobby Collins can stop into any comedy club he wants. <laughs> He I really think, can. He can just say, can I do five minutes? And they have no problem with that. And, and I think his famous, or his favorite is the Hamosa out by where he lives in L.A. He tells me, mm-hmm. he told me a story about it. That's his favorite one to go to. But so do you never visit an open mic anymore? Or do you, you never go out and try to work on new material before you bring it up on stage? No, I do it on stage. All right. I mean, I'm, lucky, and I'm lucky that I have the opportunity to do that. I can call someone and say, hey, listen, I need to throw together some material for xyz can i get up and do five and i i will have a club let me do that um, that's great so yeah and and, and i know other people that do working. that i mean it was you know 14 so let's see here it's 2097 to 2007 i suck at math that's that's 12 years right okay um yeah you know doing <laughs> comedy it's like people get to know who you are and then they'll say oh sure no problem so you know no i mean that's good comedy clubs money by the way. Right. A- absolutely. But and, and I know other comedians who tell me they just work out, you know, they'll try two or three new jokes during their regular set, and then if it works, they'll expand on it the next time they're on stage. And I'm like, you know, I'm, I, I need to try it out on stage first. I've had some jokes that I just threw out there while, you know, during a, you know, I have 10 minutes on a, on a set, and I'll try one or two, but I feel like they, even if they go over, I need to get them back or to hone them down. And maybe it's just because I'm still a little young and paranoid about it. But uh, at least in comedy, How long have you been young. at it? About two and a half years, but I don't get out anywhere near as much as I would like to or as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, just because uh, between work and the show, I spend a lot of time, although some, some weeks it seems like it's easy to find great people to call in. There's times where I'm like, holy cow, I don't have somebody calling in by the end of the month, and I'm working, and I'm calling, you know. Veronica Mosey. Veronica Mosey, or 15. (laughs) (laughs) But I could be reaching out to 15 or 20 comedians within two or three days to to land one. Right. And and I've been fortunate. I I get a lot of great people to come on the show. I mean, producing is hard, too, you know? mm Mm-hmm. So what is your absolute favorite part of doing comedy? Um, getting a laugh. I mean, that sounds very rudimentary, but it's true. It's like when you get up there and see the way I think of it is, is a conversation. I'm, we're, I'm having a conversation with this group of people. They don't, they're not speaking to me, but their laughter is all them saying, oh man, that was great. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I told you. They're just, it's just them. It's, it's them agreeing with me. And if I take something that's an incredibly unusual perspective and they laugh, that means they agree with me. That means that they're, that we are very much alike. It doesn't matter what the crowd is made up of, <clears throat> what kinds of people are in it, uh, old, young, you know, different races and different creeds, whatever the heck it is, everybody can connect. And I think that's a really phenomenal uh, thing. Humor is phenomenal. Nice. Uh, I mean, I, th- I, th- I think, uh, you know, you have people who uh, say, I can't do black rooms. Uh, I can't do uh, this room. I can't. It's like, what are you talking about? Are you a person? Are you a human being? You should be able to perform anywhere. Absolutely. I mean, hey. you, obviously, you're not going to get up and tell dick jokes at a Catholic conference, but you should be able to do something that's going to connect with them 
and get you know whatever it is. If you're a Jewish and you're doing a you know a, a Catholic event, or if you're straight and you're doing a gay event, there's a straight. I saw a straight comic at a show say, "I'm not used to performing in front of gay guys." I'm like, "Well, guess what? They're guys." And a lot of gay guys actually like baseball and football and basketball, and they actually have parents and jobs, <laughs> and they have siblings and they have pets, and they know people with babies or they have babies. It's like they're just normal guys, stupid. aside from that one point. Yeah, you just go for, go away from go go to regular people stuff. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Hey, Veronica, I think we have Chris Shaw calling in. Uh, awesome, Brodo. Do you got Chris on the line? Hey, what's going on, brother? Chris, how are you? Yes, I do. How's it going, Chris? It's going great. I'm excited. I'm happy to have you calling in. I have Veronica How's on with going? us. Hey there, How's the it's Veronica. Hey, Veronica. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. I, I, congratulations. I heard you have a CD coming out. Yes, thank you. I just got through eating some chicken fingers and french fries. Uh, that That's is... all that matters. And a CD. <laughs> Dude, my mom I think, fixed it for me. W- weren't we just talking about <laughs> You must have been listening to the show, my man. I love you. That's why I love Chris I was, Shaw. He listens. He calls my, in. I was when she said, That's true. I got it. I got it. Awesome. Yeah, I got uh, my CDs coming out on On Tour Records. I'm really excited about it. It's my first CD on a label. And um, just, it's a blessing to even be part of a project with so many other great artists on there. So I'm excited about that. So what's the name like of the two CD? Weeks, two weeks away. It's two weeks away. So what's the name of the CD and the launch uh, date? It's uh, Two Birds, One Stone and On Tour, on tour Records. And the launch date is March 5th on iTunes. And uh, my CD release party here in Indianapolis on uh, the 24th, February 24th, at the Thinking Ship. Nice. So you're going to be out there. You're going to have hard copies as well. You're going to be signing them for people. Yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to have some door prizes. I'm going to have like uh, just some, some other stuff I've made up. I like I design stuff all the time. So I'm going to have like a little special event with like some a couple special guests and have some friends from way back and some comics from out of town and. Got a few different people coming. I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's, it's like a reunion without T-shirts. <laughs> so, so you know the, what I mean? Like inviting everybody that you that you know and see. Like, I don't think there's any other event that I could be more excited about to see who shows up. Unless like I died and like I could look over and say, okay, this this guy's a bastard. He didn't show up. <laughs> at my, I just gave him work before I died. He can't even show up at my funeral. So you're judging all your friendships by the fact of whether these people come out to your CD Veronica, launch. Is that, is that not, am I doing it wrong, Veronica? No, no, you're absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, this is like a big deal, you know? And like, like I, it's a Sunday event, but, you know, and some people say, what's on a Sunday? Well, you went out for the Super Bowl on a Sunday, and you didn't even know those people. That's right. I love when people uh, decide to check their invisible calendar. They're like, yeah, you'll say, what do you, what do, you do on the 24th? Uh, I, you know, um, I'm going to get back to you. Let me just look at my invisible calendar and see if I got anything going on that's more important. That's basically, exactly. we're, in that, we're in that flaky society. That's, that's where we live right now. Are we? We are. So, yeah, I mean, people people really are, are uh, a lot of people get behind me on this project. And when I hear, like, comics like Veronica just talk, it's just like, oh, she's a real comic. She knows the stuff that we go through. And then also... When you look at the the family level, when you talk about family material and stuff like that, that's the kind of people that you should be able to pull out. Even if you know they got plans, if they can relate to you on a level, and every time you see them, it's just like a good time. 
I think that's mm-hmm. that's actually the people who I want to show up. I don't want anybody showing up just like I'm forcing them to show up. I want them to show up because they know it's a party, it's a good time, and support because I support other people. Yep, absolutely. And you have to. You know, a lot of times it's funny. How long have you been in the business, Chris? 11 years. 11 years. So we're in the same thing. I'm in 12. So it's funny when you see a lot of younger comics, more actually greener comics, it doesn't matter, young right. comics can do it, you know, greener comics come out and they, they're not supportive and they're really competitive and, they're, and you're just like, well, who do you think is going to end up writing sitcoms? Who do you think is going to end up producing? Who do you think is going to, it's like, even if you do it as just a business move, you should always be polite to everybody because there's oh, no totally. point in, you step on people and, and, and you don't know where they're going to be in 5, 10, 15 years. I met a guy when I uh, moved out to L.A. Uh, back in October. I met a guy who, um, <laughs> at the comedy store, I thought I had, like, a, a pretty bad set. But then, like, the way he came up to me after the show, he's like, hey, uh, I just want to say I thought your set was awesome. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I thought he was just, just being nice. But then he told me, like, I think when he was 16 years old, <laughs> he saw me at this club in Flint, Michigan. And I was nice to him and his buddy who were aspiring comedians. And I sat and talked to him after the show, and and he'd never forgotten that. And now he's oh. working at the comedy store. Oh, that's what he remembered me. Yeah. I didn't remember this guy. I mean, yep. when he said it, I remembered him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you it's never very know. true. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know anything. Yeah, my so. father used to always tell me, no matter what you do in life, don't burn bridges. It's mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to have to walk back over that bridge, whether it's. You know, for anything, and just like you said, the person who's sitting to your right may be a comic now and running some studio later. You know, well, would right. you want to? I, I would want to own, own a comedy club. Absolutely. I would let someone right. else run it. I wouldn't want to manage the comedy club, but I would definitely want to own it. So it's like, actually, here's a, this is a great. If you don't mind indulging, it was a good story. This uh, I was hosting a bringer show at Caroline's in Times Square, and. Uh, I, you know, got up and said, you know, here's your next comic, you know, whatever, Frank McSchneagle. I can't remember the guy's name, but I just said it that way. And the guy gets up on stage and he goes, next time say my name right, bitch. And he goes, uh, it's Frank Frank McSchneagle or whatever his stupid name was, right? So what happened was I was like, holy shit. I mean, I I couldn't believe it. And uh, so so I walked off stage, fine, didn't do anything, whatever, came back on stage, didn't say anything. And then later on at the, the, uh, as everybody's kind of milling out and whatever, I go, hey, can I talk to you for a second? He's like, sure, you know, what's up? And I said, well, I'm not going to say anything this time, but Caroline Hirsch is my mom. So, (laughs) you know, I just think you really got to be careful. Now, Caroline Hirsch is not my mother, but... Right. He didn't know that, and it was awesome to watch his his jaw just drop to the floor. And I let him, like, I let him deal with that information for about five minutes. And then I said, "All of a sudden, I got to run and get something." And then he came back again, and he goes, "I'm I'm really sorry. I, you're right." And I go, "Look, I'm not Caroline Hurst's daughter, but I could be. So just it's a lesson <laughs> to you. It's a lesson. It was really funny. I, mean, I was like, God, how could you be so ballsy? And he's like 20 years old, and he thinks." You know, he thought he was the best, and what's funny is those young kids all do think that. I mean, young kids are young kids. They're they're really good with writing material a lot nowadays, but Mm -hmm. they don't they don't work on their their attitude and their professionalism. That's that's the part that's pretty much the business to me. Uh, Absolutely, and the other thing too is that those a lot of times, uh, sometimes younger comics will say stuff like, "Well, I just want to do this because I think it's funny," and I'm like, "Well, but if you think it's funny, that's great. That's called an inside joke." 
And you don't do inside jokes in front of 500 people because they're not going to get you because they don't know what you're talking about. So you have to make right. things relatable. They can be as bizarre as possible, but it, but people have to be able to understand it, you know. But right. uh, but yeah, the business the business is really important. All that the, the you know I say to always just be sincere. Be sincere with people. Smile and yeah. nod a lot. And even if someone's a real asshole to you, you just hey, good to see you, you know, whatever, and then walk away yeah, and just, grumble. But yeah, you don't <laughs> have to look at them long, right? It's just a minute mm-hmm. or two. There you go. Absolutely, absolutely. Like watching somebody really kid. That's my right. bad kid you have to watch. You just deal with them until <laughs> they leave, and that's it. Yeah. Well, All that's over. cool about your uh, your launch. That's really exciting. It's very, Thank very you. cool. Working on a lot of little di- different projects to, you know, just create a brand. Because uh, I think I think the way everything's going is with social media and, you know, who can develop their brand and sell it. Absolutely. Like you, can, you, can, you can sell anything. on. T- I mean, look how many stars Ellen's made. Hmm. Hey, so if you care enough about yourself and just put into yourself, eventually I think you'll cross that path opposed to, you know, just traditional, I'm going to try to go out to L.A. and just lay it down like that. I mean, it's just really, there's so many other different avenues to make it nowadays. Because I've, yeah. I've been on the road, like, a lot and doing underground stuff. And now, you know, I've got my taste of L.A. And, and I just know that there's other stuff out there. So I have to just lay down the goals and find out, you know, keep networking and just opening doors pretty much. Now, now, do you tweet? I try, you Veronica. Like, you try I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I try to. I try. I'm I like, try. I, I don't know. I don't want to be one of these people who says I can't do it, but I just, I don't get that much of enjoyment out of it. But I need to. That there, right. I think the social media is a is a killer. Sometimes it is so hard is. to maintain all these pages and different things we're supposed to do now. You know, and yeah, finding LinkedIn. followers on Twitter. I don't want to join your circle on LinkedIn. Oh, LinkedIn, Tumblr. forget it. How about Google, Google Plus? I'm like, what um, is this shit now? Yeah, Instagram? Really? How <laughs> many comedians have a joke about Instagram? That? Put that somewhere else? And what sucks is the fact that, like, a five-year-old is on Instagram. So how are you really sticking out at the end of the day? You're not, you're not even, you're just doing what the average kid does. And you're trying to be like, look at yeah. me, look at me, look at me, I'm a comic, I'm a comic. And people are like, so what? I take pictures of food. Food and random things that make no sense at all, and then I just add a, a color filter to them. And I mean, because I, I love taking pictures. Like when I die, somebody's gonna have to sort through a lot of pictures on my hard drive just because I'll, I'll take like 50 pictures of one post just so I can go back later on and grab the perfect picture. But yeah. it's ridiculous. And that's what you Instagram. See, I don't even know what it, I I think I know what Instagram is, but isn't it just Twitter with pictures? Pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. And, like, it's even minimal words, I think, than Twitter. I think Twitter, you get, what, 100 characters? Okay. Uh, I think it's 160. Whatever, something. But it's, and and actually, Facebook bought Instagram some months back. So now they've implemented, I don't know if you noticed, on their system, a way to adjust the pictures, kind of like how Instagram does on their application. I am so far out of the loop on this. I know. I barely master Facebook. and, And I have Twitter, but I don't. Not too many people tweet back. I've gotten a hold of more people on Facebook and everybody. You know, I think I got a yeah, couple of hundred followers. Why, why do we have oh, forget a it. Why, oh, yeah. Why did you pay for like 600? Why do you pay for headshots? Now people just take yeah. pictures of you. That's it. it the ones you matter. don't want. Like, all these people. It, it, it is crazy. You know what I love? I love when you do a show that has, like, I, I was lucky to do some shows where there's like maybe 30 million viewers, right? And I get mm-hmm. like six. Six Twitter followers. Six Twitter <laughs> followers. I know, right? 
There's no rhyme or reason. I got six Twitter followers last night in West Virginia at Wild Bill's Roadhouse, and and those were some of my my most fun followers I got like all at once because they joined right there and it felt like oh I think we're on the same team. But then sometimes you look up and then you start seeing like my my if my Twitter account was like white blood cells I'd be in trouble. I'd yeah. be in trouble. <laughs> sometimes I lose them. I get pissed off. I start trying to find them. Like, why did you just unfriend me on Twitter? Why did you stop following me? Oh, you get, take it very personally, don't you? I get really into it. Yeah, oh, I do. Because yeah. I wonder, what did I do? I'm not even tweeting like I should be. Maybe and that's just, the problem. That's the problem. You're not giving them anything to follow, man. Well, we, we've become... No, no, you no, because the person is more interested in following themselves than they aren't following anybody else. That's what we all... Right. What's funny is we have followers... But we're actually following us. I'm not following you. I don't give a shit about what you say. I want you to follow <laughs> yeah. me. So when I, yeah. when, I tweet, when I tweet your name in a tweet, it's going to be because I want you to tweet me back, not because I give a shit about your comedy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the truth, isn't it? Nice. It's craziness. Follow me, I'll follow yeah, you. I'll, you know what I mean? It's like my husband's a musician. They're, they have all these musicians on YouTube and and his name is Joe Barberi, by the way, if you want to check him out. But uh, great stuff, very talented. And he's got late, lately people are sending things, uh, subscribing. He had a lot of subscribers, good stuff. And then somebody says, can you subscribe to me now? And he's like, I sort of don't like your stuff. But, you know, it's like, right. <laughs> I, I feel the same way at Facebook. I post something. I'm like, you didn't write back to my, that brilliant joke I just wrote? That was fucking brilliant. And then you get like six <laughs> comments. I get two people that like it. And you're like, that sucks. But you're still going to do like that on stuff. stage. That's my addiction. What's, is, what is your Facebook? I like I like everything that I post. Oh, you oh. like, like it too. yourself? That's hilarious. I like it a lot. <laughs> if you could <laughs> like it twice, you would. Like every time. You need to create a separate Facebook account just so you can go on as yourself page two, and then uh, you need to and you can click, like like stuff even more. I've already done it. <laughs> Chris Shaw one, Chris Shaw two. He gets to like things two, just, three just times. Because I'm all three. I'm liking everything I like. Yeah, then it's just Chris Shaw. Then it's the Chris Shaw p- fan page. Then it's the That's Chris, exactly what it Chris is. Shaw website page. Yeah, it's yeah. But what's funny is again, like I think my nephew who's six, he has three pages, and uh, he just puts pictures of himself mooning the camera, and that's uh, he gets like a hundred million likes from all the guys who watch To Catch a Predator. <laughs> wow! But you you can't do the same things on on both the pages. Like the first one came out, of course, you know you can only get to like five thousand friends. And then the other page is just about likes or whatever. And that's the ones where they flipped it, where businesses are doing now, where you can actually pay like a promotional ad. You can pay like twenty five bucks, and it, and it shoots out more. They only limited you to how many people you can actually send out now. Like you might have fifteen thousand likes, but you might only reach out to five thousand unless you pay for the upgrade. And then you're paying for it. You're, pay- you're paying, for, paying it. for people to like us. Right. They're supposed uh, to like pay me. us for liking us. Yeah. <laughs> That's called prostitution. It's, That's social prostitution. It is. <laughs> we are all pro- we're complete prostitutes. That's the way it goes. You so, know, it's it's like it's the everything is do you like me? It's it's crazy. I, our I'm egos actually, are out of control. They are they are out of control, and I think that well, society's making us that way. It really is. It's making right. us because it's all like like uh, you know you have I, I have friends who got you know t- teenage daughters taking pictures of themselves with that stupid duck face constantly. <laughs> you know, it's like every day. 
do you need to put a new picture every fucking day? Excuse my French, but what is wrong with you? What is, what is what is wrong with you that you need to be like, look, here's me again, and this is me, and it's me, and people are like, I like you, and like, don't you like me? It's me. It's like, okay, <laughs> I get it. We're all doing it too. Well, you may not be. I am. Yes. Well, yes, I am. Of course, I do the same thing. That's what makes me even more angry. Is that I'm a tremendous hypocrite. <laughs> I can admit it. Hey, but it's fun though. In the same, in the same sense, it's kind of fun. I like I like wear costumes like superhero costumes. Okay. What are you going to be, Dreadlock oh. Man? Captain Dread? Oh, you know what? Um, some dude called me uh, some chick who who hunts zombies with dreadlocks. No uh-huh. clue. I don't know the name of it. Some some popular show. Some chick she has. She cuts zombies' arms off so they can carry zombies around with her. So Walking Dead. Is that it? Walking Dead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe something like that, like a zombie shuttler or something. I don't know. Oh, is a zombie killer? Yeah, maybe Chris so. Shaw, zombie killer. I wouldn't mind killing some zombies. <laughs> that show is great. Do you watch that show? <clears throat> I've never no, watched I, I, it. I try to stay away from TV. You want to be on TV? How can you say that? Yeah, because like again, like you said, I'm worried about myself, not what everybody <laughs> else is doing. I'm trying to work right. so hard. You know how hard it is to work. I do. Out here. I do. It's just a hustle. You got to constantly. I'm just trying to invest as much time as I can. I mean, I I have like certain people that I follow, like mm-hmm. like say you said like my husband's in a band. And I'll check out that band, and then I'll find an interest in something like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't have time to follow like everything that everybody else is following. Like I just I want to be me. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I the only thing I like to do is I watch the Today Show every morning so I can get material because if you Today want show material. Is awesome. That is That's the good. show to watch because it's ridiculous. Right. Is that the one Matt with uh, Matt Lauer and Hoda. Who, who Hoda? I love those Hoda, two. Hoda, Hoda, Hoda and, and, uh, and uh, Kathy Lee. They're always drinking in the morning, and they make me want to drink in the morning. I know. I love how they really push the whole kind of cougar, right. I would say I would say gilf thing at this point because they really <laughs> right. are a little bit too old to be <laughs> milk, guilty. But, I think they're guilty. It's, you know, and, uh, uh, Kathy Lee's whole, like, you know, well, look at me, I'm just a drunk, and I sing on shows in Broadway, and, like, shut up. Like, nobody cares, but apparently billions and billions and billions of people love them, so, you know, whatever. Right. They're popular all over the world. Absolutely. They smile a lot. I think that's special. That's what's that? They smile a lot, and that's special. People like people that smile and have fun. They're never sad, really. They're That's on true. TV. They really They're on TV in the morning drinking and getting paid buku dollars. I would be smiling like too. Wake and bake, except it's it's liquid. <laughs> I would be, yeah, I would be smiling. drinking like you know mimosas and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like really? See, if they wouldn't if they wouldn't have them smoke weed because then they would just make jokes about how long it took them to make the sweater they're wearing. You know what I mean? They could be dumb. <laughs> They'd right. be like, that is so weird, dude. This, your, like, your glass is, like, so cool. And it, no, nothing would make sense to anybody ever on the show. Right. So that's why they, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I get, I'm just tired of the news in general. I mean, I watch it because I want to know what's going on in the world, but I think it's definitely taken this this very threatening spin, you know, everything. Right. Is, well, like a, you know like what I'm a, addicted to, Veronica? 
TMZ. Like, I, I'm going to TMZ to get my news now. I don't know why. Do you really? That's so funny. Yeah, well, because I'm all going, the matters going to see if Pat Williams, has he been arraigned yet? I, you know, I want to know all the action. That's right. That's right. And I, I want to know if too. I can see another shot of Lindsay Lohan's crotch. That's what we need. That's what the world needs to make us better. Yeah, and they're there. They're there with the cameras. That's Absolutely. Right. I almost applied for TMZ. That's how, that's how addicted I got to the show for a minute. That's horrible. You, you absolutely should, especially as a comic. You should. But I don't know if they'd let you in because you'd probably be too funny. No, I'd be serious. But, you know, I don't want to get anything thrown at me because, you know, some of those dudes, they get mad and snatch the cameras and throw the microphones. That's true. I want to yeah, get caught true. up in a scandal with the Let's Be Frank show with somebody. I want to have a scandal that TMZ picks up, man. Come out and get you in Florida, and we'll just make our way out there. Yeah, man, we got to start like a nationwide fraud. Everything shitty happens in Florida. There's no way that you're not going (laughs) to. There's no way you're not going to get caught in like a you know that that you're going to kill someone and bury them, or you're going to shoot someone, or you're going to run someone over, or whatever. That's Florida, isn't it? it? It's listen. Florida is sexual predators, porn signs everywhere. Meth labs, friggin' Pawn chops. Oh, it's horrible. That's so funny. Where I grew up in the country part of New York, there was not a pawn shop. I moved to Florida, and there's a pawn shop on every fucking block. Every block. Yeah. Yeah. Play. It, it's, Let me just say this: uh, I, I worked on a show uh, on NBC, and one of the hosts of the show was a girl whose name I won't use her real name, but it was Battley. Torales, and uh, she said that um, she felt that uh, every story that comes on the news that's about some really screwed up thing with something weird happening, they call them Florida stories. That's on NBC. <laughs> that's what they typically call wow. the show. Even if, even if it doesn't happen in Florida, they call it a Florida story. Listen, F- Florida is filled with fucked up people. It really it is. is. It, it's... But it's definitely fun to party in Miami. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. But living under the palm trees and the coconut juice and the heat just screws right. people up. Hey, my, my brother lived in Pensacola for a long time, actually. Milton Milton Beach? All right. Milton or Milford? Milton? I think it's Milton. Milford, I think, is part of Pennsylvania. Yeah, it's, it's Milton. It's Milton. Um, and uh, he loved it. And then I guess when uh, the whole uh, hurricane, a lot of hurricanes came and ruined a lot of stuff. And I've been but, fortunate. Uh, I came down here in 2007. And every single hurricane that they said was going to come hit us made a left and kept going. Never, never even came by. Wow! So I've been lucky. You're in, you're in Tampa. Yeah, Tampa, Clearwater area. Right. Okay. So we're on the little Gulf. It's like we got that little hook protecting us from anybody coming in. Yeah, that's beautiful awesome. area down there. Yeah, hopefully it'll stay like that. Uh, I got a great view of a tan wall made of cement right outside of my house. It's fabulous i sit out on the porch it's great if i look off like 500 feet to the left i could see a palm tree it's killer views at casa de la frank nice (laughs) i like it so you you last time we spoke chris you were in indiana and you were heading out to la and then the next thing i see on some facebook is you were already getting some tv time or or you're going to be on part of a show what's going on out there uh, I've been picking up some a lot of little parts in uh, little indie films and stuff, and um, I don't know. It just randomly just it just kind of like snowballed like all of a sudden like as soon as I got out there, and um, I got 
came across Rob Schneider and he had got me like an audition uh, with an agency and just random stuff. And like everything just kind of like leads to another door. Like nothing's ever like really big. And then, you know, I know, open another door then I meet a couple more people. And then it feels like it's just all part of some kind of plan, which I have no answer to. But Now tell uh, the truth. Project, really, tell the really truth. Rob Schneider is like, He's like, yo, weren't you on the Let's Be Frank show? I got to hook you up, man. You came off yeah. the Let's Be Frank yeah. show. I'm serious. <laughs> After I did your show, then, then all of a sudden I was on like five or six more shows. There you go. It's where it all starts. You start down here in the basement and we kick you off. Well, I'm I really like looking forward to what's going to happen for me. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. No, you're, you're going, <laughs> you're going back to indie to films. I'm Veronica right now. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to work a little, a little bit more at that pace. Mm-hmm. I've been on the road for a while, so. Oh yeah, to, well uh, you know, it's it's uh, grass is always greener. You know what I mean? It's like you're making more, probably making more money than I am, because I do club gigs in the city. But it's like you know you have to really work your ass off and jump around the city. To I want to do it. Worth. I want I want to catch the trains around Veronica. I want to. I, I did it last year. I came to uh, Dangerfields and I I came from a uh, Sandy. Was at the uh, was around playoff time or not playoffs? The um, NCAA time. March Madness. March Madness. You remember the one, the thing they had? At, were you at the um, Carolines? Yes, game? Carolines. Uh-huh. The March Madness show. Yes. Yeah, you I were there. I you there. I think I was there. Yeah. Yeah, I went. To, I went to check out uh, Keith Alberset there. Oh, I know Keith very well. I just saw him uh, actually at the Access TV taping. Yep, seeing him and uh, Skippy Green, and then I left, and then Skippy Green beat me to, to Dangerfield's and he changed clothes. Oh boy. What? Weren't you just at Caroline's? It was at Caroline's, yeah. yeah but I, yeah, but I do right. Dangerfield a lot and stand up New York and the Comedy Cellar. Those are my main places. But anytime you're out here, let me know and I'll I'll see if I can hook you up with a you know. I seven appreciate or seven it minutes. for sure, for sure. We got this. We got this on air, right? This is recorded, right? Yes, we have yes, that we do. documented. Right, I'm gonna look her. I'm gonna look her up. I'm gonna be there the first week of April. So I'm glad you <laughs> no did worries. That. She's like, oh, wait a minute. Let me check my invisible Funny calendar. I'll be on the road the first week of April. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm going to be in Connecticut, West Hartford, Connecticut on April 6th. So I think I'm just going to go hang out in New York then that week, maybe a little touch of Boston. Nice. Boston's comedy a great, studio, over there. Boston's a great oh, city nice. for comedy. It is. And most of the cold the will be gone. Bomb, man. You got to go up to the East Coast, Dave. You been there? No, uh, I'm actually going to be going back home to New York for a week or two in May. And there's a Jester's Comedy Club or Jester's of New York. They opened up a place in the Monroe in Orange County, New York. They only do shows on uh, Saturday nights. So I'm actually going to. Yeah, about 70 miles outside of Manhattan. We call it where we call it where men are men and sheep are scared. Um, Somebody told me that last night in West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, they got they got they got the sheep fuckers in West Virginia too. Listen, where I went to school, I went to school in Middletown, and there wasn't a, like we got bust like fourteen miles to Pine Bush to go to school, and in Pine Bush, New York, on Searsville Road is where all it's. I don't remember what year it was. Uh, it was published that there was more UFO sightings. In Pine Bush, New York, than anywhere else, right on Searsville Road in the country, and it was like that for years. So, I mean, this was hillbilly. My father lives in a town now that has one red light in it, and it's 2013. They got one red light. It's horrible. You got to be. What color are the other lights? <laughs> <laughs> the 
other one's green and yellow, but just one red. There you go. It's just a flashing that red. Is, that is sad. Yeah, it's, it's just a flashing red. You could be safe. Colors. Yeah, I mean, I grew up. I mean, it's getting populated now, but the the worst thing I could have done as a kid was hop in the neighbor's pool without their permission or, or egg right. somebody on mischief night. It, it was rough to get in trouble. I only got brought home by the cops once. Remember, these were the streets of Middletown. They're the badass streets of Middletown, New York. <laughs> Rock, where'd you grow up at? Uh, I grew up in a small town called Suckasana, New Jersey. I know, wow. Sucka what? Everybody says it all the time. Lots of blowjob jokes. <laughs> I've only but, been uh, to New Jersey. It's, it's New Jersey. Jersey's awesome. I don't like it just because of the toll. What's that bridge, the, the 14-hour toll bridge? Oh, well, the uh, George Washington Bridge? Yeah. yeah. Is it 14 bucks to go uh, over that bridge now? Is fourteen dollars? Yeah, I got wow. the receipt still. <laughs> I was, I was, Veronica, I was coming from uh, actually Dave. The last time I think we did the show, maybe when I was I was working down in uh, south of Tampa, some like a little fish town. I can't remember where it was. It. it was recently, a few months ago, and then I had to be up in Maine like three days later, and it was bad planning on my on my part. But I drove that whole way, and it was horrific. In between, right when I crossed over to, I think, D.C. or Baltimore or whatever, all the way up through Maine, I think I paid like $55 in tolls. Oh, man. It's horrible. Yeah. Like, what, I, couldn't was even, that, I couldn't even fathom it. Was that Jackie Knight's Club you were at? for your road gig. That's what sucks. Oh, yeah. 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 You know what? I totally erased the whole thing. After after gas and tolls, the tolls really finished it all off. And on the way back, I'm trying to take. <laughs> take Highway One down and avoid every toll road, but it added on like six hours to it. And I was like, "This is so not worth well, it." Then, and, then, and then the next step is to look for hills so you can coast down. Put the car in neutral. On it all. I did like that. People don't realize the pain comedians go through. Fast it's, food, it's, fucked it's up hotels. Now, have you ever had your car break down while you're traveling across the country? I hear that. I mean, I haven't traveled across yeah. the country yet, so. That would be horrible. Last year. <laughs> Where'd my, you break down? That was last time. My alternator went out in Superior, Wisconsin. I remember like it was yesterday. Sure enough, uh, this is a small town. Uh, everybody's closed on Saturdays. I just happened to get the one guy on the phone that was open that week, and he just, he just that day, he just happened to have like a couple appointments scheduled. He said, I can get you Monday. I was like, I'm not even fr-. And that Monday was Christmas Eve. Oh, man. I'm not even from here, sir. I said, and he said, okay, let me look up the part. He found the one alternator that fit my car in the whole city. Wow. And he says, if you can get over here, I can have it on for you, and you're on the road in a couple hours. And he just so happened to be the cheapest guy in town, too. Like, his rate was 65 an hour. Everybody else's was 85, 95. Uh-huh. Something was so, coming up, Chris Shaw. It was freezing. It was freezing. I mean, I don't want to die in a frozen tundra. I know. <laughs> Everybody's going to wonder, why is this black guy up here? Why, why did he choose to come up here and end, end his life like this? That's the problem, that's boy. He shouldn't have been up there in the first place. Exactly. That was my sign. So, therefore, I'm I'm going to reevaluate everything. you got to put in your contract. Like I'll tell you that, that God meant for you to not be there. That's why our alternator broke. Yeah. <laughs> you got to talk to your that's booker. No no cold states allowed. Get that. In, in writing from the booker. No cold when states. Actually, when you actually go to those places, though, um, as weird as it sounds, 
it's a lot of towns like or like link places like Minnesota, North Dakota. Yeah. They get a tremendous amount of people coming to shows when it's cold outside. And in the wintertime yeah. or summertime, they're all out on the lake, so it's just totally empty. So you That's can right. pop well, those like are the best New rooms York. ever. New York is always right. empty so, in the summer. Yeah, you, you want to get, I mean, it's kind of hard. You know, you don't want to really do that, but if you want the hot crowds, then you kind of go where the hot crowds are. You don't really just say, well, I'm going to let weather keep me down. That's, that's why I say the love of stand-up comedy comes into play when you actually sacrifice other things, like sometimes even your 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 life. Like, we've all gotten on in the road on a car that was kind of, like, messed up. The comedians will get on the road with ball tires, uh I got a wheel bearing about to go out right, or just going out right now. My tire could pop off at any second, and I know I should, I should fix it. And I hear right. it howling at me, but you know, you know like you work things out. Yeah. It's just the way it goes, man. It is. I, I hope if and when I'm ever able to go out on the road and make make some money doing comedy for real, I will uh, have a car that can handle it. Or you just stick to cruise ships, work. then you're okay. Then you can then you can go to the buffet. I love the buffet. <laughs> the buffet is good. They get a. You'll love the buffet. I'm a I'm a fat guy. I go to Chinese buffets. I'm a fat Jew from the bumpkin part in New York, and you know what you're gonna do? They open up you're a Chinese blend buffet. You're gonna right perfectly with half the people on cruise ships. Oh, they kicked me off you the need last to drive cruise ship. Jazzy around. You need to drive a jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> I promised. I made my all my friends promise if I'm ever driving a jazzy just because I'm too fat to please take me out just just, yeah, just end my life right off a cliff somewhere yeah it, just push me over and leave me there I, I if I'm a that big of a I'm a walking big pile of flappy shit right now but if I can't walk <laughs> just 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 end it just poison my last really hot feels, dog I'm not sure how I, if that was really <laughs> just I want I want you to take me out with like my you know, like spike my ice cream or, or something good I want to go 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 with a chocolate smile or something yeah <laughs> yeah I I used to when I was younger and thinner and I was a kid I'm like you know I, I want to either die with a woman or in like Victoria's Secret surrounded by all that satin and lace and now I'd be good with you know. A porn movie and an egg roll. Just let me go. There you go. I like that. <laughs> this reality smacks you in the face. You watch? You actually watch porn movies? Uh, well, like four clips. or five minute clips of them. Yeah, clips. <laughs> yeah, because they're free. Uh, absolutely. Thing they're putting out of business in our society is is true, traditional, good, like long story porn gone. You know why? Because we don't have time. We don't have time. We have to do everything really fast. I, the average I, clip, you should put the average clip on at one thirty. That's it. That's the biggest people's attention span is right now is one thirty. A.M. Crazy. Crazy. I think that it's a problem when you start looking at porn and you start saying like, "Oh, I know this guy. This guy's pretty good. He always bangs hot chicks." <laughs> yeah, this guy knows how to work them. So that was. Are those the indie films that you're doing now, Chris? You're doing some comedy <laughs> porn. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did have a bit where I said that I I just started my first movie, um, and it, it's like a porn. It's a uh, three brothers and an invisible girl. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and a pizza box in the middle where she stands. Oh yeah, extra large sausage pizza. <laughs> and and when people hear that, they're like they freeze because they're like, is this a real movie or like that's kind of weird, like because they picture it. I'm like, yeah, I know it sounds kind of creepy up close, but we know what's going on, so don't judge us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because 
They actually supposedly have ghosts that actually have sex with people. All right. People have before? sex with lots of things. Did you ever see hear of these shows where people have sex with inanimate objects? I mean, like a girl who yeah. see inside the couch cushions and because she was raped, <laughs> and you're like, oh, we raped by a couch. I don't understand when it goes from heroin to ottoman, but that happened somewhere <laughs> along the way. Rock, let me get your opinion on this. Hmm. If you have sex with a ghost, mm-hmm. like say your husband has sex with a ghost, is that cheating? Yeah. Uh, depends upon if he calls her. <laughs> if he calls yeah, her, she she about that. She, you're probably serious too, right? <laughs> I, uh, you know, here's the thing. I'll be honest with you about how I feel about it. Like, I'm not a big porn person because girls really, girls really aren't. There are girls who say they are, but they're full of shit. They're just trying to please their man. But no girl wants to watch a porn where a guy spits in a girl's. Vagina. It's like if you can't make a girl wet naturally, then you're a failure. That's my opinion. You should be able to. You should be able to make her wet in a very many different ways than spitting in her right. vagina. But, um, but I guess quick and easy. But uh, if a guy does it too much, it's a problem for me. Yeah, I don't like it because then it can retract from your own sex life, and that's happening too. It's, I, I, I've actually had friends go through that where you know, you know, somebody's uh, having a little too much telly time and not enough actual boob. An actual person sex time, which is weird. I would gladly trade in my porn tube for some sex today. See that? Did you say porn tube? You yeah. Porn tube? No, I like you porn. I got. I don't like you to get porn. spam. Yeah, whatever. Old school. Yeah. I'm spamless. Old school. Absolutely. I just go in for what I like and leave. Uh, you know your, your your first your first film. <laughs> Do you remember the title? Do I remember the first film? Absolutely. I found in my in my father's uh he had hidden it was uh it was Don't called it was called cinderella chaplin charlie chaplin meets <laughs> it was a special up bible <laughs> it, it was it was it, it was great mine was little oh. shop of horrors that's very funny how old you <laughs> how old was that Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I think I was somewhere in like a junior high school, but I remember Sam Rogers gave it to me. He still asked me for that DVD or the VHS every time I see him. You ever find that tape? I was like, what tape? That's really <laughs> funny. I want my porn back, Chris. I don't know what you're talking about, Samuel. <laughs> he goes home and hits I'm play. I'm friends you on Facebook. Uh, I remember one time I was dating a guy, uh, when I first moved to the city, so I was like 99, and he took, we went to his house in Hoboken, and he said, oh, you have to see this thing I taped on VH1, and we were both James Taylor fans. Don't make fun of me for that, but I've changed my ways um, at the time. <laughs> and uh, so he was like, I got this great James Taylor special, blah, 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 and he presses play on the VCR, and up pops these two hugely fat women like doing each other with dildos. And he was uh, like, I have no clue what this is. I swear on my life. And it turned out that his, his roommate found the tape in the subway and it was called heavyweight humpers. And he put it in the VCR as a joke for him to see. And I happened to be there when he played it for the first time. It was very funny. Oh, uh, how, how wow. embarrassing and horrifying at the same time for him. Yeah. Yes, I think so. 
but I have a pretty good sense of humor about that stuff. And considering I wasn't necessarily a heavyweight, I don't think that's what he was really into. So I did cross my mind for a second, but yeah, his shocked reaction was a bit uh, indicative of how he felt for real. So I get over <laughs> it. Yeah, you know, I uh, I would not want to watch two heavy women doing anything, but I, I could handle you know, it. Heavy... All right. Well, they got they got their specialty stuff now. That's called a SSBBW. What is that? Supersized big, big beautiful women. Supersized big beautiful women. Yes, I know. There's I, a million categories. I went out. I went out. Takes like two or three guys to carry her in there, and, and then they have to sit. Like you don't even see the guy anymore. He's gone. You just see two little legs sticking out like on the Wizard of Oz when the house crushed her. Yeah, little known <laughs> fact that there are uh, the most deaths in those scenes uh, in the porn industry. They lose more people in those videos because the guys just get crushed. <laughs> 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 or suffocation, or suffocation from all the fellatio scenes, or rather the cunnilingus scenes that happen. <laughs> It's kind of funny because where, where you see somebody that doesn't have insurance or he's been doing too long and he's holding his back while he's going. It's like, you need to, you should come in today, buddy. <laughs> That's very you funny. your back in a sex scene? Well, you know what I find sort of sad? I feel bad for guys. Like I saw one porn that was like, um, you know, it was like orgy stuff. And it was like eight guys, eight girls take on one guy. And the guy... Wow has sex with all the women, but this is the kicker. He ends up jerking himself off. And I'm like, that is so sad. Like, you should be <laughs> at a point where you see one naked woman and you just come. But instead, this poor guy fucks all these chicks and then ends up having to masturbate in order to get himself off. That's a sad situation. You have to admit that. Absolutely. Hmm? Too much one good thing. That's right. So nobody wrote an end into that story. That's true. He just, he just, he just freeballed it. <laughs> He's just well, like, so I'm supposed yeah. to finish this off myself? Yeah. I think we needed a ninth girl on this oh, one. That's, that's called a rap. He's he's never going to um, – the, the, the next porn, because the, the way things these things advance is then moving into violence. You know, that's the big one now is, you know, a girl gives you a blowjob and you punch her in the face for some reason. I don't know why – that desire is there, but apparently that's uh, something that guys really spit in her face or push yeah, her, that's, kick that's, her. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, you know, it's standard romance. Um, right. But uh, I am so yeah. fucking happy if I can just get a woman to do that. There's no way I would do anything like punch her in the face. It's like, thank you very much, baby. Can you come back tomorrow? Well, what can, what, what can I do for basket. you? Why that... would you not bring her a fruit basket or a fucking <laughs> bottle of wine? I don't think you. I, I think if a guy were to come in and bring me flowers, I wouldn't punch him in the face. That's pretty much the exclusive. <laughs> you know, I think it would be really hot if you actually got to throw and hit somebody in the face with a dodgeball while you were doing it. The red one. Yeah. <laughs> that would be hot. Like, doom. Should Just keep knocking it off her. That. You should create your own category: dodgeball porn. You know, it'll be popular in like you know two minutes. POV dodgeball. <laughs> But make it like a miniature dodgeball. Just so you can just keep bouncing it off her head. Exactly. Pool balls. Pool balls. Or a bowling ball. That would be good. Just smash her face right over. Ah, oh, man. Then, yeah, let's do it. Come on, it's hot. Keep right? it going up. I guess each, really if, if we use We're a bowling really ball. Into like ridiculous. It's becoming really ridiculous. Well, that's what happens like you, when once my show reaches over an hour. 
just you never know what's going to come up next. This is true. I do have to wrap though. I I have two voiceover auditions tomorrow, and I got to have my my voice. In Veronica, it was good talking to you. Good talking to you too, Chris. Good luck with everything, and and for certain, Thank I meant you. that when I said if you come up and you want to do five or ten, I'll do I can do to get you up somewhere. I appreciate it though. Hey, Veronica, before you go. Uh, I always ask two things of uh, comics. One, I want you to promote where you're going to be at a couple of places. But who okay. are who are some of your favorite up-and-coming comedians, maybe people that you think people should be looking for on YouTube or just, you know, if they're seeing them coming up to their town, who they should look out for? Uh, I would say there's this guy, uh, Louis C.K. Have you guys heard of him? No, I'm <laughs> I, um, uh, I am just a massive fan of Bill Burr. I think he should get more support, uh, even bigger than he already has. Uh, he, he's just so funny. Um, and, uh, guys like Joe Matteris, um, geez, I'm trying to think that's a, that's a tough one. I'm, I'm thinking about my peeps that I like, uh, Michelle Buteau. She's funny. Um, and, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. All right. And where are you going to be coming up at? Where are you going to be the next couple of weeks? A couple, next couple of weeks I'll be, uh, I'll be at Dangerfields this weekend on Saturday, the 16th as well. I will also be at Gotham Comedy Club on the 16th and it sounds crazy, but I will be running back and forth. Um, and then I'll be at, um, the Borgata in Atlantic City, March 3rd through the 10th. So come out and see me then. All right, and let everybody know your 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 uh, email. I'm the sorry, Twitter, not your email. The Twitter your, handle I never go on to. Yeah, your, uh, your your Twitter, and obviously there's veronicamosi.com. Veronicamosi.com at veronicamosi. Facebook just veronicamosi, and uh, yeah, that's it. Anything that says veronicamosi, Google it and click it, and I'm there. There you go. <laughs> Chris, tell everybody where they could find you at and where you you know about your CD again. Uh, my CD is Two Birds, One Stone, uh, released on iTunes on March 5th. And uh, I'll be in San Antonio, Texas at the River Center Comedy Club this Wednesday through Sunday. And uh, the 27th through the 2nd, I'll be at Harvey's in Portland, Oregon. And you can visit me online at ChrisShaw.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, The Real Chris Shaw. All right. Thank you guys both for calling in and spending a great amount of time with us. I enjoy talking to you all. Or both. Thank you. You guys are both like Much Chris, invited to call back in again. If you ever have any updates or just want to call and harass me on a Monday night, I'd love to have it. Uh, yeah. Look forward to next week's show and the show after that. And I'll send you guys out some copies of the show if you want to pass them out. Tweet them to the millions and millions of the Shaw and Mosi fans. And uh, I will do that. And that's it. Guys, thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, thank for tuning you. in. And thank we you. will see you next week or listen to us next week. We've come to the end of another edition of the Let's Be Frank show. To catch up on past shows, find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Podomatic at Let's Be Frank's Podcasts. Want to be part of the show? Email Dave at Let's Be Frank with Dave Frank at Yahoo.com. Stay funny, my friends. See you next week.